ultimately the thing is like people come to a meetup and the most important thing that they want to feel is safe i think more than they want to feel accepted or feel like you know they're able to flirt or to make friends or to get knowledge or whatever people want to feel safe first and foremost if they don't feel safe then they're not going to be able to get any of the other wonderful things that you can get from going to a meetup or connecting to a community if you're happy with the same old ways of dating if you enjoy sucking at communication and you have no desire to improve your romantic life then our podcast might not be for you but if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships broaden your sexual horizons develop a better understanding of yourself or learn more about non monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're going to Polyamory Finishing School. Etiquette and deportment. Pinky out. Find out. <laughs> what is this copy that you've written for me? <laughs> that was what finishing school was for. I know, I know that, but was to find a what is this copy you've written for me? I don't know. I guess I was just trying to. Uh, <clears throat> you got punked. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Anchorman. Something like that. Okay, great. Um, polyamory finishing school. We're going to learn about etiquette. Because connecting with the polyamorous community is an important first step on someone's journey. So we're covering the things that will give you an advantage at your first polyamory meetup. This includes tips about how to interact as well as, to, as, as, well as ways to ensure you'll have the best possible time and set yourself up for success. Our listeners may not know this yet, but it's M's birthday today on the day that we're recording. And so she's not here. She's kicking it up in Paris at the moment. And that leaves the two of us just to record the episode this week. Yes. Well, happy birthday, Emily. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like the inspiration for this and, and kind of what it's all about here. Yeah, well, I think, you know, when I, I have like a lot of people who come to me as clients or as friends or as acquaintances or whatever, whatever who are brand new to polyamory or non-monogamy or any kind of non-traditional relationship and they have all kinds of questions like, how do I do this? Is this the right thing for me? How do I meet other people who are polyamorous? Um, how do I go on dates? How do I, you know, yada, 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 yada. And I know on this show and in my own coaching practice, I often encourage people to find some kind of in-person community. Um, mm -hmm. Especially if you're brand new, it's just really nice to be around other people who've been doing this for a while, who have been both succeeding and also making mistakes and learning from them. Um, where people can support you, can answer your questions, you can see all kinds of the different variety of ways that people do it. And it's just really good to put yourself in that environment to, to be able to connect with other people, get support, and also have a sense of like, is this for me or not? Um, so that means that we end up sending, I think, a lot of people who are brand new into these kind of meetups. And the thing is that it's not... I was going to say it's not like your everyday meetup, but I don't even know what your everyday meetup is. <laughs> I guess it depends what kind of meetup it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you may be heading to a discussion group, a processing group, maybe just a hangout. There's a lot of polyamory communities that just do like, let's go hiking or let's just have a potluck or let's just watch some movies together. Um, or like poly be. cocktails is a popular Ex one too. Yeah, exactly. Where it's kind of just a mixer just to get to know other people. Um, 
Could be something like a cuddle party. I mean, I know they have more official facilitated cuddle parties, but I've also seen kind of more unofficial cuddle parties at retreats or at meetups, um, you know, where people decide that that's just, you want to kind of just have a cuddle puddle at this particular meetup. Could be a workshop, could be basically any kind of social situation, but within the context of the fact that what's bringing you together is the fact that you are interested in or actively involved in some kind of polyamorous or non-monogamous uh, relationship dynamic. Right. And what we're realizing is both from seeing other people do this and remembering back to doing it ourselves is that there's there's not a lot of social situations that are similar to these kinds of meetups unless you're going to other similar things, right? Like if you were going to like a sex positive discussion group and then you go to a polyamory discussion group, there's probably going to be a lot of overlap in what's expected of people, how people behave, things like that. Uh, so you might have more of a sense of that. But if you if that's not something you're already involved with, um, there's a lot of stuff that, that it's, it's funny coming up with this list was a little bit difficult and I definitely asked around to a lot of other people because it becomes so second nature after a while. But remembering back to being like, gosh, this was all new and different at one point. Uh, and so we wanted to put this together specifically for those of you who do want to start going to these kinds of events. Uh, and, you know, we want you to be invited back to these events, right? We want people to be excited for you to come to these events. Uh, and so this list is not a comprehensive list by any stretch. Um, but it, we want to include some guidelines to make it so that at your first meetup, you can number one, don't fuck up. Number two, don't freak out. And number three, have a good time. That's good rules for life in general, really. <laughs> don't fuck up. Don't freak out. Have a good time. Easy. Done. Yes. So those are the, the categories that we have divided things into here. And these will apply, like I was saying, whether it's a polyamory meetup or a sex positive meetup, even if you go to play parties or something more sexual, a lot of these principles and rules still apply because even though polyamory is not specifically about sex or about kink or about, you know, swinging or any of those things, those communities tend to have a lot of overlap in their sort of rules and social norms, specifically as a way to help keep people comfortable and keep people safe. Right. I was just going to mention that, that these communities often tend to be a little bit closed or, you know, semi-closed or a little bit protective um, <laughs> for very good reasons. First of all, the fact that like, you know, not everyone who's going to a polyamory meetup may be able to be out in their normal lives about what's going on. So just the fact that they're coming in the first place is quite vulnerable. And then on top of that, especially if it's a processing group or a discussion group, people are sharing very vulnerable things. And ultimately the thing is like people come to a meetup and the most important thing that they want to feel is safe. I think mm -hmm. more than they want to feel accepted or feel like you know, they're able to flirt or to make friends or to get knowledge or whatever. People want to feel safe first and foremost. If they don't feel safe, then they're not going to be able to get any of the other wonderful things that you can get from going to a meetup or connecting to a community. Um, we've definitely seen a lot of horror stories. Like we've seen a lot of people, uh, unfortunately, have to be like disinvited from processing groups or mm -hmm. have to be kind of quote unquote taken care of. That sounds really dark, not like give them not like put the, put them in they cement shoes or anything they like had to be that disappeared. Um, no, um, 
you know, but as in like, we got to go send the admin of the group to go talk to this person and tell them to like not do this behavior or ask them to not come back again, you know, and obviously that's not fun for anybody because especially, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes for people like a meetup or a discussion group is the only community that they can turn to, or it's the only source of other like-minded people that they can talk to. And so unfortunately, like if someone makes a mistake or they, you know, they kind of ignore some particular etiquette unintentionally or intentionally make someone feel unsafe, then suddenly they ha- they're they cut off from what yeah. maybe their only source of community, which is just like kind of sad for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why it's time for finishing school. So kids, get out your books, put it on your heads. It's time for polyamory finishing school. I feel like I feel like music should have kicked I on know, right there. I know. Right? We need some kind of like harpsichord music. Like what's like princess music? Yeah. No, I yeah. think definitely some like a nice like like a you know like a what would be a good maybe a, a something by Pachelbel or or yes, Brahms yeah, yes. or yes. something definitely. like a nice like a waltz maybe with yes. some harpsichord in there. A nice right. little like chamber, small chamber orchestra. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> just imagine that so imagine right that now. yes <laughs> yeah, perfect okay so okay so yeah so earlier when we when we listed those three things don't fuck up don't freak out have a good time that's actually our categories for today <laughs> um yes. so we're going to be tackling the category of don't fuck up and a nicer way of saying don't fuck fuck up is care for others around you right so like we were saying about the importance of making sure that other people feel like you're safe and that you're someone that they want to spend time with, this is what that is, is right, is is don't fuck up. Don't get yourself disinvited from an event or make people uncomfortable so they kind of stay away from you or, you know, don't invite you to the other after parties or whatever. I don't know what it is, but this is the don't fuck up category. So uh, some of this, for some of you listening, some may be really basic while others may be surprising or oh you know what that makes a lot of sense i never thought of it or for you this could all be new uh it depends you know where you are in this community how much you've interacted with it so we're just gonna get on going on down the road i, I lost the i lost it there yeah i lost the train i think like what would you do in finishing school you'd like i don't know what you do in finishing school you'd like put on your high heels and get on down to the tea party or something okay i'm gonna drop it and just actually jump yeah, into drop it. it drop um, it like it's hot so when you go to a polyamory meetup or a sex positive meetup or something like that, um, especially if you're brand new, it may be the first time that you're around people who are polyamorous. It may be the first time that you're around people who are openly of a variety of different sexualities and maybe openly pansexual or asexual or demisexual or anything like that. It may be the first time that you're around people of a variety of gender identities. Um, and so... Because of that, it's very important to be mindful of those identities and to be as respectful as possible. So for instance, things like people's pronouns. Um, some I know some polyamory meetups that have been to, like when everyone goes around and introduces themselves, they clarify which pronouns they use. Um, not every meetup does that. Um, mm-hmm. if, and even if they yeah. do, if you're at a meetup with like 50 people... <laughs> I often am like, you, wait, what? Yes. You know, right. I'm not going to remember anyone's names or pronouns. So right. this will probably come up in conversation. Right, right. Yeah. So if you find yourself in a situation where uh, you misgender someone or you use the wrong pronoun and they correct you on it, um, it is good etiquette to apologize. But you also don't need to make a big 
deal out of it. You know, often mm-hmm. the case with this, you know, I mean, this is just kind of like the best metaphor that was explained to me is that it's when someone corrects you on something like this, whether it's a pronoun thing or a language thing or whatever, it's think of it like a friend telling you, hey, you have a little bit of spinach in your teeth. And, you know, kind of the same way you'd be like, oh, thank you. And I'll go take care of it. You know, you acknowledge it. You don't make it into a huge deal. And you also don't start arguing with your friend. Hey, no, I don't have spinach in my teeth. You're lying. (laughs) 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 Well, I think that's how people respond to being corrected on language sometimes. Right. I suppose so. Yeah. But I think this is a big one that I guess I think we're already taking for granted on this episode that you respect the fact the fact that people might use pronouns for themselves that you might not have picked for them. And that might be a new thing for you. I think probably for a lot of our listeners, that's not that new a concept. Um, But it's just to keep that in mind that that I think the other thing we've had a number of guests on the show who've said essentially something to this same extent, but just like if you're someone who uses especially a non-traditional pronoun, you know people are going to fuck it up. Like, that is a part of your life, unfortunately. So as someone else to be respectful of that, do your best to remember what pronouns they prefer to be used for them. But if you mess it up, it's just like, ah, right, I'm so sorry. And then correct yourself. And that's it. It doesn't have to be any more discussion than that. And also, also, if you're not clear, it is okay to ask in certain situations if you can mm-hmm. do it in a very, again, in a not big deal kind of way. Um, often you'll find people will appreciate being asked in the first place. And I, I will say that, that the way to ask that is to say something along the lines of, uh, what, are, what are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. What pronouns do you use? Yeah. Rather than saying like, so are you a, like a she or a he or oh, a God. they? Or a, just made my right? stomach like, turn. Exactly. Yeah. So just, just ask. <laughs> What are the pronouns that you use, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, okay, next. This one is, like we were saying, people people may come at you with, uh, no, come at you, but they may respond, you know, when you're talking with them with all sorts of labels about their sexuality, about their gender, about their types of relationships, things like that. Well, I found some meetups, again, kind of with the introductions thing. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's a meetup that does introductions, people will launch into their whole, you know, I'm bisexual or I'm pansexual. I have two partners or I have a primary partner or I just opened up my relationship. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people will give a little bit of history. And and so I I wanted to say first, uh, if if this is a community that's new to you, some of these terms, you're just going to be like, what? Like, I've never heard (laughs) of that. Um, but the good news is that as you become more familiar with the terms, they become easier to figure out, right? That we've had times where someone's talked to us about um, this uh, <laughs> semi-porous polyfidelitous oh, commune gosh. that they lived on. Those are words that none of us had ever heard in that sequence together. But <laughs> because we're familiar enough with these terms, we're like, okay, I have maybe a rough idea of what that means, but... And this is very important, and this is the second rule here, is don't assume that just based on the label that someone gives to describe themselves, that that you understand what that means. Because, for example, it could be something as simple as saying I'm polyamorous. That might mean something very different to you than it does to me, than it does to Yolanda, or whoever it is, right? Like, we all might have a very different meaning for that. Or it might be similar, but we don't know until we have more of that conversation. And the same goes for even something that you might think is more, like should be a universal meaning, like something like bisexual. 
-hmm. you might think, oh, bisexual, I know what that means. You have sex with men and women. That might not actually be what that means for that person. They might have a different relationship to different genders. They might actually not think of things in a gender binary, but don't like to use the term pansexual. They prefer bisexual because it's more understood, right? Like there's a lot of nuance that could be going on there. So this rule is to just not assume if someone says that they're hierarchical or non-hierarchical or non-monogamous or open or bisexual or any of those things, don't assume that you know exactly what that means. And don't assume that based on a person's relationship status or orientation, um, that you can tell whether or not they're available or not. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen that one happen a lot. We're going to get to that even more a little bit later in this <laughs> too, but, but yes, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, and, related to, and related to that, you know, if you are socializing with someone, it's great to ask specifically, so how would you describe your relationship orientation or your style? Like to, you know, give a more in-depth description of like what it is that they value, what it is that they actually practice. Because um, again, bearing in mind that we have a limited number of words in the English language in general, and not everyone defines the same word, the same level, the same way, label the same way. Um, so it is I, I okay do, to be curious about it and to ask for clarification. Yeah, I did want to say too, I really like the wording of this particular question of just kind of conversationally, like how would you describe your, whatever it is, right? Your relationship, your orientation, your identity, whatever. Because it's not saying, so what are you or what do you do? Or it's not, you know, trying to get them to put a label on themselves. You're just saying, how would you describe it? Which really just means, please describe it to me. <laughs> I want to know. Um, but it's, but it's, it asks it in this way of saying, I respect the way that you choose to describe yourself. And that's what I want to know. So how would you describe your ex? Is I, I really like the wording of that question. Yeah. 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 Um, kind of along the same lines. Um, Asking someone, it's better to ask more open-ended questions like that, of like, how would you describe, or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, rather than saying things like, oh, do you have a primary partner? Do you have a secondary partner? How many partners do you have? Um, gosh. That yeah, gosh, I can't yeah. even tell you the number of times I've gotten that in, like, professional interviews also. Um, yeah, always. But I said, along the same line, like, if you want to ask, say, like, well, what does your relationship landscape look like? Possibly, I don't know. To be totally honest, I'm kind of a little bit torn about the idea of being so upfront and asking someone what their dating situation is. Well, yeah, I think this definitely depends on context. Yeah. Right? That if it's just like, hey, my name's Jace, so what's your relationship landscape look like? <laughs> right? That's like, it's because I want to trim your hedges, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, dear. Still with like a landscaping. <laughs> I see, see. Like I kind of want to put down some sod, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you have a, a landscaper at the moment? I don't. I don't know. Gosh. Anyway, bad metaphor. Uh, but but more after you've asked the question, you know, how would you describe your situation? And they say, oh, I'm you know, uh, non-hierarchical, demisexual, polyamorous, uh, sapiosexual, and you're like okay, cool. And maybe you talk more about what all those things mean to them. And then, then maybe during that conversation, you could say, oh, so, you know, what's your relationship landscape look like? How long have you been doing this? Maybe put it in with some other questions rather than just like, hey, I just met you. How many partners mm -hmm. do you have? 
it's also I, I don't know I'll be totally honest I'm kind of coming down on more the the side of like if it's important for you to know this person will tell you that's yeah that's a good point too you know that's yeah yeah but yeah anyway but if it comes just I think the important takeaway is like kind of avoid the questions of like specifically like do you have a primary or do you have I'm a like, unicorn or what's right. your number what's your exact number of partners because um, you need to report it to the polyamory board of directors anyway um yeah so moving on another tip is if you brought someone with you if you brought a friend with you to a meetup if you brought a partner with you to a meetup if you brought multiple partners to a meetup um always make sure to have just some periodic check-ins you know Mm -hmm. even if it's just a simple you know just a potluck and hanging out and having a discussion um just make sure that they want to continue that they still want to be there Um, and especially if you're in a context where there is any physical contact if it is if it happens to be a meetup like a that has a cuddle puddle or if there's any sexual or nudity component to the meetup again this is not every polyamory meetup by any means but definitely a lot of sex positive meetups will um just you know always have check-ins with the person that you brought to make sure that they're still there they're still having a good time they're still feeling mm-hmm. comfortable um jace and i come up with secret signals i think that's a great thing to i was do. gonna i was gonna bring that up yeah that it's worth talking about um just having like a little bit of a pre-talk about what your signals are or possibly a code word or something like that um right it could be anything like your code word is that uh you're going to say that, um, oh, you just have to respond to a text from your grandma or something, right? So you Mm -hmm. could be in a conversation and go, oh, all right, my phone buzzed. And then you can say to your friend or your partner, oh, I have to go respond to a text to my grandma. And they know, oh, shit, that's the like, I'm having a really bad time. I need to get out of here, code word. Or I just need a moment, code word. Or it could be, hey, I need you to step outside with me and like, talk with me and help me through this right Right. and you can come up with things we we've done like a number system before where you can just kind of check in and like hold up a number of fingers for how you're doing and it's like you can number it however you want but like threes like i'm having a great time twos like i'm all right i can stay if you want to stay and one is like please get me the f out of here uh right but you can come up with your own system but i i definitely have found it's such a relief having that in place beforehand even if you don't have to use it because then you know that they're not wanting to and you're missing it. Right. I think it takes a lot of anxiety off, even if you're not using it because you know, it's there. Right. Right. Um, So the next one it's, I mean, I feel like this one could be an entire episode, honestly, but Mm -hmm. these things come up a lot in discussion groups or processing groups where maybe more in discussion groups than processing groups where maybe someone says to you that they were hurt by something that you said and maybe it was intentional or was unintentional maybe it could have it could have been any number of these things that we're telling you to not fuck up on maybe actually fucked up on all of us have in the past and so maybe somebody got hurt um the best rule of thumb especially if this is your first visit to a meetup is Mm -hmm. to focus on acknowledging the hurt and apologizing and making it better before you rush in to defend yourself well Um, i can i clarify real quick about making it better uh, it's just the making it better. I would exercise some caution in that phrasing um, just because I think what I see is someone will say something, someone else will be hurt by it and they'll express that. And then the first person says, well, what I actually meant by that was this. And uh, they think they're fixing it when the way that feels to the person who is hurt is that you're 
either that you're just trying to explain it away, that you're defending yourself, or you might actually be saying the same thing or more of the same thing that offended them in the first place without even realizing it because maybe you haven't spent the time getting to the bottom of what it is that really affected them. So just don't like <laughs> apologize and say, I really had no idea that wasn't my intention. I'm so sorry if you want to talk about it more. I'm open to that, but you don't have to. Right of that, of like, don't, don't try to fix it in the way of like explaining it. And I think also if, if the situation is such that like you feel like it was just so ridiculous that this person got hurt and that you're expected to apologize and like there's just no way you can jive with that, um, this group may not just align with your values. You know, that may be an indicator that like, I mean, I would say still apologize and don't try to like make yourself right or mm -hmm. turn it into a big thing. But that just may be an indicator of like, okay, like, you know, I feel a particular way about certain issues and this group kind of seems to value different things. So maybe this is just not the group for me and that's okay. And honestly, like if, if your decision is, okay, this isn't a group that I want to be a part of. Uh, leaving that group by still doing the right thing and apologizing and being polite about it and not being defensive about it is still going to work out better for you. Like mm -hmm. there's no scenario where being defensive or trying to explain yourself will work out to anyone's benefit. So just don't, just don't. So we're going to get into a little bit of a subcategory here, which is physical contact. And now of course there's so many resources on the internet for you know, guidelines and etiquette for specifically like play spaces, cuddle spaces, sex parties, things that are definitely very focused on, we're going to be contacting each other physically and probably sexually. Um, mm -hmm. We're not going to go into a whole comprehensive list because there's definitely a lot of resources out there about that. Um, we're just going to cover just a couple simple ones that you may come up against when you're going to a meetup. Um, the first one is um, before any kind of touch, ask for consent. That means a hug. That means even casually touching someone's arm or touching someone's back. The best rule of thumb is to avoid it or, or ask at the very mm -hmm. least. Um, and it's just honestly, even I've, I've found that like so many times when I ask someone if I could give them a hug, like they give me so many points for asking in the first place. Um, yeah, totally. So it just shows like you're savvy, you get it, you're a safe person to be around, you're not going to violate anyone's consent intentionally or unintentionally. Um, so it's a good easy way to just demonstrate that like you're cool. Yeah, I think that's a huge one is asking before going in for a hug or handshake or anything like that of just saying would you like to shake hands or hug just just asking the question before going in for it yeah it just wins you so many points because people are like oh cool this person gets it especially if they know that you're new they might be like oh dear like i've had other experiences with new people to this who felt like oh everyone's just down to get down here and so i don't need to ask these things and in fact you have to ask them more mm -hmm. uh and I think that because there is a lot of overlap, like I was saying before, between uh, you know play parties or like kink fetish events as well as polyamory events or other sex positive events, because a lot of the people cross over between those communities and some events will incorporate you know multiple sides of that right like a lot of kink events will have a lot of polyamorous people at it because there's overlap in those communities or a polyamorous event might have a lot of people who are in the kink scene right that that there's going to be a lot of overlap so 
a lot of these things apply across those, but in all of those communities, things like this will take you very far of just just asking. And if you do, you know, just not even thinking and like you put your hand on someone's shoulder or their back or something and you realize it, go, I'm so sorry, like, is that okay? Or would you rather that I didn't? And if they say no, say, thank you for letting me know, so sorry. Or if you say, would you like to have a hug? And they say, actually, I'd rather not be touched right now. You say like, thank you. I really appreciate that you know that about yourself. Make it into a compliment about them because ultimately it is, it's scary to say no to somebody. Uh, and we should be praised for that rather than like, oh, oh gosh, I'm sorry. Cause then they feel bad because they hurt you for trying to just take care of themselves. And then the next one we want to talk about here uh, in a related way is that, okay, so some polyamorous events might be more of a social mixer sort of thing where, you know, it's still in a public space like a bar or something, but people might be making out or they might be, you know, talking sexy with each other or something like that. Or it might be an event that does have like a clothing optional area and is more of like a sex positive event or maybe has naked cuddling or just cuddling in general uh, that... I mean, usually, like, just to give people a sense of, like, yeah. how this actually manifests, I mean, most of the meetups I've been, like, if it's some, at somebody's house and they have a hot tub, then hot tub's clothing optional, right? But, you know, we're going to have a discussion group first where you must have your clothing on, um, yeah. essentially. Like, that's yeah. how it seems to manifest in a lot of spaces. Right. Okay, but so the the rule here is that just because something may be allowed at an event and maybe you're doing something with someone at the event there who's into it and you're both consenting adults and you're into it. Keep in mind that you're in a social situation. You're in a group. And just because the two of you might be enjoying what you're doing, someone else might not be okay with that. Uh, and so it's important to realize whether there are maybe established spaces for this, if it's any kind of sexual contact, especially, or nudity. Someone may be very uncomfortable just that you're standing there next to them in the kitchen naked because there's a clothing optional pool outside, right? Of like being respectful of those things and just being aware that just because something's okay in general or okay in one place doesn't mean everyone's going to be fine with it. Another example of this is if you are someone who's more in the kink scene and maybe you and a partner or someone you've just met who found out you have, you know, uh, similar like BDSM roles that you play might talk to each other using certain language that to another person would be very offensive, but to you two, it's not. And this could be, right, this is a whole range of things. It could be racial slurs. It could be just sort of master-slave sort of talk right? It, it could be, you know, just calling each other names or things that in a normal situation would be very offensive. But for you, this is hot. It's part of your play. But to the person standing a few feet away who can hear this could be really upset by hearing you do this. So just kind of be aware of the situation and not assume that just because you've met someone who's into this means everyone there is okay and comfortable with it. Because you might think you had a great night and really connected with someone, and then you might be asked not to come back because someone else was made really uncomfortable by you. Right. Yeah, it's just the main thing to bear in mind that consent becomes kind of this bigger thing when there's people around you, even if you're not touching them. You know, they still need to be consenting to be around your sexual activity or nudity or whatever. 
For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, so we just finished our first, our what is it, our first semester in poly finishing school is the don't fuck up semester. I don't Does know how they break up. school have semesters? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how finishing school breaks up their school year or even how long you're supposed to go. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're going to move on to our next semester here, which is don't freak out, um, which is another way of saying take care of yourself when you go to a meetup. Yeah. Okay, so these are going to be a little more um, things to help you feel good while you're at an event and to get along well with uh, any partners that you might bring or things like that. So let's get into it. Number one here is if you're going to go to a polyamory event with a partner, again, especially if you're both new to this, but I would say just anytime this is a good one, is to check in with them before the event and to find out how, you, how they would like you to refer to them. Right? Do you want to be called partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, person I'm dating, or just your name? Right? And it's good to have this conversation beforehand because, you know, you don't want someone's feelings to be hurt. Because maybe you go in and say, oh, you know, maybe you've just started dating recently and you go in and say, this is my, this is my boyfriend, Jim Parsons. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was just in an audiobook for Marlon Bundo. And, you know, you're introducing him and then, you know, later he's like, whoa, like boyfriend, like, geez, like, I feel like you're kind of claiming me here. Like, I'm not really cool with that. Or imagine another scenario where you go in and you say, ah, this is Jim and you don't give a label. And then later he's like, what? Like, you didn't like, weren't proud of like being my boyfriend. You wouldn't want to just use that word. So it's better to clarify beforehand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And along those lines, if someone asks you about your partner or your friend or whoever it is that you brought, maybe they're asking, well, what kind of relationship landscape do they have? Or mm -hmm. are they available? Or are you okay if I go flirt with them or whatever? The best response is to say, you can go ask them. I mean, yeah. you, don't have, you don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> you can just be like, I think it's probably best if you just go 
talk to her about it or go ask him about it um, rather than trying to speak for your partner, whether mm-hmm. it's, oh yeah, totally go flirt with them when they're like, oh gosh, this person's not totally like not my type at all. Why would you do that to me? Or if you're like, no, you can't go talk to them, which is just weird and controlling. Um, <laughs> right. Just, you know, the best thing is just direct people to go talk to that person face to face. And I will say that even not for something as direct as that, but even just kind of generally asking opinions or how people think about things or, you know, say someone's talking to you about your experience with non-monogamy or what brought you to it so far. And they'll say, well, what about your partner? You know, what's their experience with it? And you'll say, you know, you should probably talk to them about it. Uh, You know, I, I have, I think, an understanding of how it is, but it'd probably be better to hear it straight from them instead of from me. And I will say this is something that um, I've actually gotten people telling me later on that I did that and that it was something that they really appreciated. And it was actually not even um, about partners specifically, but about Emily and Dedeker when we were at events talking about, you know, polyamory stuff as multi-amory. And that Uh, people might ask questions about like, well, what about them? What are these things for them? And I would say, oh, you should probably go ask them about that. I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you. Uh, And that that I got feedback from someone else later. They're like, when you did that, I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing that you didn't like try to speak for them. And I think this will also kind of like asking for consent and other things really shows that you kind of get the fact that even though you might be in a relationship with someone, you don't speak for them and that they are their own individual person with their own thoughts and feelings. Definitely, definitely. And to piggyback off that, if you run into a couple uh, or someone who says that they're a couple, whatever that means, if it's a boyfriend, <laughs> girlfriend, husband, wife, you know, life partner, room, roommates even, um, mm-hmm. don't assume that a couple can speak for each other. And also, same thing, if you're half of a couple, don't assume that you can speak for your partner, like we were just saying. Um, Evaluate what each partner says to you separately. I feel like what I hear happen the most often uh, is like the typical, (laughs) this is going to sound really negative, but I feel like it's like the typical unicorn hunter pickup line is for the guy Mm. to go up to a lady and be like, hey, my wife thinks you're really hot. Um, And maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe the wife has expressed... I think this person's really hot and I feel too, you know, uh, scared to go up and talk to them. So why don't you go talk to them? Like, that's great. Sure. Like maybe a little bit funny or whatever. Um, but always just like, take it with a grain of salt. Talk to people directly. Always verify things directly. Don't assume that two people are on the same page just because they happen to be in a relationship together because a lot of relationships is not being on the same page, I've found. Well, and I want to say that I've actually had personal experience with this, not even with something as major as like, you know, some someone really misrepresenting their partner, like saying that they're polyamorous, and then you find out later, actually, the other partner wasn't quite so okay with that. Um, but even just on a smaller scale, just about kind of like, like if, if I'm hanging out with a couple in terms of like what we want to do tonight what you know like whether that's you know do we want to all make out or if that's like do we want to hang out later go to another place or do we just want to go home and go to bed right whatever it is that i've definitely made the mistake of like one partner like one part of that couple would say something and the other part of that couple would say something and that in my head i was putting those together into one message And only later realizing that I had completely missed what one person was trying to say because I was assuming that what both of them were saying were coming from the same mind. Instead of going, wait a minute, I'm getting different signals from each of these instead of thinking that 
I heard this, but then I heard this from the other person, so they must have changed their mind. Does that make sense? And I feel like that's kind of difficult to explain, but like, don't assume that couples have a hive mind with each other because they don't. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as far as social interaction goes, I think all of us can take ownership of a little bit of social awkwardness. <laughs> to yeah. any extent, some of us are extremely social awkward. Some of us are just a little bit social awkward, but everyone has like a tiny little bit of social awkwardness of like that weird anxiety that comes up of like meeting new people, especially if this is your first time going to any kind of meetup like this and not knowing what to expect. Um, and again, it can be hard to figure out what's the social script. What do we talk about at this polyamory meetup? Do we only talk about polyamory? Do we only talk about our relationship landscapes or our orientation <laughs> or whatever? You know, what else do we talk about? Um, so, I mean, we can't do an entire episode on like just how to have conversations with people. That's another thing that there's actually a lot of good resources out there for. It's also a lot of bad resources. Well, there are some bad resources, <laughs> but there are also some good resources for, resources for if you're, you know, the kind of person who has trouble striking up conversation in social mm -hmm. situations. Um, generally, some things to avoid. A good strategy is just to avoid complimenting people on their physical appearance. Um just to avoid making people uncomfortable. Um, you may be thinking that maybe you have no intention of being sexual, no intention of being creepy, no intention of flirting, and you just want to compliment someone on how good that jacket looks on them. But to that person, they feel like, especially if they've been getting that all day, every day from like the men that they work with or whatever, um, that it may just get received in a way that you really didn't intend. So it's best to just kind of avoid that in the meetup situation. There's plenty of opportunities to do that if you get to know someone a little bit better or as you get more intimate with someone. But it's just a good rule of thumb to avoid giving an impression that you're creepy, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, I, I feel like I have a slightly different opinion about that where I would say the compliment of like, oh, that's a really cool jacket um, actually is a good alternative. Oh, really? What I think is like, what is just really should be avoided all the time is just like, you're so cute Being or like, oh, you're, you're so pretty or no, like, that, that makes sense. hey, that makes hey sense. handsome. If you're like, oh, those are cool earrings versus like, right. Like you're complimenting. You got a really pretty jawline. <laughs> Right. And so I would say it's it's like I, I originally wanted to say, you know, if it's specific about a certain thing, like, oh, that's a cool, oh, those are really cool boots that you have, or those are neat shoes, or I love the color of your hat, whatever it is. But then I'm like, but but things like eyes and smiles, no, don't, just don't, because it's too cliche. It's like there's this association with the sort of like old school sort of pickupiness to it. Um, and it's just it's just not a good look uh, to quote the McElroys. It's just, it's just not a good look. Uh, so just don't do it. Find better things to talk about. You're you're better than that. Um, mm -hmm. So be better. Com compliment them on like something particularly moving that they said during the discussion, because that also yeah. demonstrates that you were actually freaking listening and paying attention. That is actually a great conversation starter. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. To say, oh, you mentioned this thing during the discussion and go from right, there. Right. Right. So on the other side, in terms of taking care of yourself, something that um, I realized was really important, and I've talked with a few people about this, actually, um, that this is a pretty big one. And this is to be gentle with yourself and prepare to be challenged. Um, this has a, a lot of different meanings, but basically, especially when you're new to this community, um, new to a sex positive community, but even just newly exploring non-monogamy yourself, you 
almost certainly will come up against some things that you might have strong reactions to, right? This could be something like the first time seeing your partner flirting with somebody else or right, something like that could be, you might have a very visceral, visceral reaction to that or something that actually comes up I've seen um, is at a polyamory meetup because they tend to be very open and accepting and kink friendly and stuff like that. You might be doing introductions going around and someone might say, uh, you know, this is my slave. Um, I, you know, I speak for her. You can't speak to her without my permission uh, because that's their role that they have. And for them, that might be totally cool and fun. I mean, it, it probably is. That's something that they enjoy doing so much that they want to speak about it publicly in this group. It's very possible that for you, that could actually make you very upset to hear it because that might activate something for you that is troubling or upsetting. Uh, you know, it could be someone where, you know, they refer to each other as like daddy and little girl or something. And that for you could be really upsetting and could, could activate something for you is just to kind of go in and be aware those things might happen and to just be gentle with yourself and respect that other people's worldviews might be different from yours. I feel like, like that kind of stuff, that might be something that's more likely to come up at something like a munch, for instance. For those of you who don't know, a munch being like a, uh, you know, like like on Fet Life, they have, you know, social meetups that may be sexual or non-sexual in nature that are referred to as munches. Yeah, basically it's for the kink community. It's like a non-sexual social event is generally referred yeah. to as a munch. So lunch. I feel like those are the events where you may hear people being very open about like, oh, this is my daddy or this is my little girl or this mm -hmm. is my puppy or... You right. know, whatever. But I'm, I'm actually bringing this up, though, because I've I've seen this happen at polyamory events. Oh, I see. And I've talked to people who've been upset hearing it. And fortunately, in this instance, they were able to then reflect on it afterward and go, huh. And, and you know, since then, they're more comfortable understanding that different people have different worldviews and approach that differently. But that very first time being confronted with it, especially you think you're going to a polyamory meetup to discuss relationships, I don't want you to be blindsided by that. That's why I bring it up. Got um, it. And it could look a number of different ways, but but um, just be aware of that, right. you know? And again, if something uncomfortable arises, you know, maybe it is the first time that you're seeing your partner flirt with someone else. You know, if you've brought a partner to a mixer and you're seeing that, uh, or your ex-partner walks into the polyamory meetup, you know, I've definitely had a lot of friends and clients who've experienced that, mm -hmm. uh, it's totally okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to just like take a break, excuse yourself, go get some air, go to the bathroom, like go somewhere where you can reset rather than just trying to grit your teeth and make it through this meetup mm -hmm. and just trying to keep it together or maybe you don't keep it together and then there's a big dramatic falling out at the meetup. Um, yeah. If you need to step out or if you need to just straight up leave, like that's fine too. You don't need to beat yourself up. You don't need to explain yourself to anybody. Um, it's okay to totally take care of yourself in a situation like this. Yeah. And with that, shall we move on to... Are we, we're done, are we done with second semester? We're done with second semester. Okay, okay. Or I, guess our, it's, I guess it's trimester. Trimester, huh? yeah. yeah. We're on yeah, our final, yeah. final trimester of finishing school. And this trimester is all about having fun, having party times. Well, okay, having fun, whatever fun looks like for you. So these Yeah, ones, I guess, 
I mean, uh, when we go through this big list of like, don't do that, don't do this, <laughs> right. you know, use, use <laughs> the shrimp fork, not the salad fork. Um, you can get really caught up in like, oh gosh, I'm like scared. I'm going to trot on somebody's toes or like have a bad time mm -hmm. or someone's going to kick me out or whatever. Um, but ultimately, you know, you go to these events to have fun and to connect with people and to have a good time, to have a positive time rather than a negative time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that going along with that, that really, if you go in with a mindset of, you know, I want to learn about this community and find out how I might be able to fit into this community and how I might be able to be a benefit to this community rather than going in saying, what can I get out of this? Just starting from that mindset is going to get you a long way and we'll probably end up achieving what following all of these rules would as well. Um, our hope is just to make that transition a little bit easier here. Um, but in the spirit of that, if you go into any kind of a polyamory, especially if it's more of a social thing and not just a discussion group, but regardless, is to go in with the intention of making friends and not finding dates. And the funny thing about this one is that going in with the intention of just, I want to meet people who do this, I want to hear what their stories are, I want to know what their deal is, find out what they're into, making those friends will end up getting you more dates and relationships, not only in the long run, but probably even in the short term right then, then going and seeking dates. Uh, but it's, it's, I can't stress enough how important that is of just going in to meet people and make friends because it might not even be someone at that or someone's, it might not even be all these people at the meetup group that you end up dating, but it could be their friends that they say, oh, you're also into, you know, um, air hockey. I have a friend who's also polyamorous who loves air hockey. You know, they're in a competitive league. You should talk to them about <laughs> joining their competitive air hockey league. I don't know where I came up with that example. Mm -hmm. um, do those exist? Uh, they must, right? Oh, they have to. They I'm have sure to. they do. I'm <laughs> sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So yeah, competitive air hockey leagues. Um, right. But just going in making friends is going to make it much more likely that people are excited for you to come back to this. They're like, oh, that's Dedeker. She's so cool. Like, you know, she talked with all of us. She was really nice. And people who didn't meet you will hear, oh, yeah, she was really cool. We just talked and it wasn't weird at all. She wasn't trying to hit on me. Um, you know what I mean? That this, not only in the short term, but also the long term is really going to serve you well. And I know, I know that as you're an adult, it's hard to make friends. Like I totally get it. Um, yeah. So you, you also, you don't need to put a bunch of pressure on yourself of like, I got to make a friend tonight. It just means something simple, like talk to people that you're not attracted to mm -hmm. or avoid talking only to people that you're attracted to and are hoping to sleep with or go on a date with. Um, right. Talk to people who are of the gender expression or identity that you are not normally attracted to. So as in, if you are heterosexual, if you're a heterosexual man, talk to other heterosexual men or mm -hmm. non-heterosexual, just talk to other men. You right. know, don't just go talk to all the ladies and avoid all the guys. Um, you know, talk to people that are older than you think that you would normally make friends with or even date or younger or whatever, you know, just go in and just like you got nothing to lose, really. If you're right. already dedicating your time to being at this meetup, like that's your evening, um, and just enjoy it for what it's worth. It's it's it like like Jay says, it is going to work out better for you in the long run for being able to connect to community um, rather than treating it like a meat market, essentially, which is often how we see people get asked to not come back to a meetup. <laughs> 
Yes, and and like Dedeker was saying, it's not like you have to go in with this pressure to make best friends or people you're going to hang out with after this, but just, you know, be polite. I guess make friendly people, not even, you know, you don't even have to put the pressure on of like making, oh my gosh, they have to become my friend outside of this. But just be nice to people, have conversations with people, um, and you're going to have a way better time. I, I, I definitely had a period of time where I went to any kind of polyamory event being like, I really hope I find someone to date or to sleep with or to express interest in me or something. And that as soon as I was able to make that switch to just being like, you know, especially when I was going to an event by myself, not with partners, it's I, I being able to go to that and say, whatever, I'm just here to talk to people. I want to, maybe I'll set a little game for myself. Like I want to hear, you know, five different people's poly origin stories during the night or right just something to kind of give you something to keep you occupied um has just i've had so much more fun and made so many cool connections and made really good friends at events like that uh, that i wouldn't have made if i was going in just looking for dates mm-hmm. yeah um as far as having those conversations with people you know again it doesn't have to be all about their relationship background or history or origin story just ask open-ended questions show interest talk about maybe the things they brought up during the discussion group um just you know these are like basics of of just being a good conversationalist essentially um and this is going to lead into the next one that mm-hmm. if you're introducing someone, so as in maybe you brought a partner, you brought a friend and you're bringing them into the conversation or you're introducing them to someone else, um, uh, open up with uh, saying something awesome about them. So as in, you know, not going, oh, this is Jace. He's a VFX artist uh, or a podcaster, or mm-hmm. this is Jace. He's single. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, right. you know, uh, say this is Jace. Um, and now that I'm on the spot, I can't think of anything <laughs> awesome about Jace. <laughs> no. Jeez. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, this is Jace. He's also in the middle of doing Inktober right now. This is um, in the future when it's October again and you're doing okay, Inktober again. Um, or, you know, recently I think I introduced two people where it was like, oh, this is my friend so-and-so. Um, they're thinking about opening a restaurant soon. Um, mm-hmm. And just having like an awesome thing to say, that's a great way to kickstart the conversation to help your friend immediately feel welcome and like there's something to say and that they're not just going to be like, you know, the wallflower in this conversation. And it's just, you know, create some good vibes. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I also want to say about the open-ended questions thing is um, that it's better to ask an open question, kind of like the ones we mentioned earlier. Like if you do want to talk about polyamory of, you know, what's your, how would you describe your relationship orientation or something like that, rather than guessing for them in asking the question does that make sense like going in and being like so you know i saw you talking to these people are you polyamorous or like oh so so are you gay too right but instead asking the questions and rather than starting with an assumption um, you're going to get more interesting answers that way yeah definitely and along that same line if this is, you know, if you're going to some kind of community meetup and you're just learning about non-monogamy or polyamory, you're trying to figure out, is this right for you? Um, get multiple opinions from multiple people on the very, you know, the variety of way, different ways that people do it um, mm-hmm. and make your own decisions about that. Um, every time I go to a discussion group, it always just amazes me like, wow, people do this so many different ways. As soon as I think that I've seen everything, someone shows up and it's like, wow, I've never seen that before. That's crazy. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's awesome and unique and beautiful and I love it. Um, 
And uh, there's people doing it all kinds of ways. Not all of them are right. Not all of them are healthy. Uh, Not all of them are going to jive with you, but some of them may. And so, you know, again, whatever anybody says to you, if anybody's trying to insist that the way they do their relationship is the right way, uh, take that with a grain of salt. And just, again, that's another good game to have at a polyamory meetup, like you were saying about getting everyone's origin story or just kind of see what are the, you know, how many different stories can I get from people about what their relationship landscape is or about what their practice of polyamory or non-monogamy is. Um, And from there, you can kind of see like what seems cool, what seems not cool, who seems to struggle with it, who seems to really enjoy it. Um, And you're just going to continue to deepen your education, which is going to help you have a better sense of what are the options available to you moving forward. Yeah, and like help you explore and and decide on your own values and your own boundaries and things like that, that say that you're someone who maybe you're here listening to our podcast today because you were had never heard of polyamory before. Maybe you were sort of familiar with it, but you met someone you liked and they're polyamorous and you said, okay, I'm going to give this a try because I want to date this person. And they said, you should, you should listen to multi-amory and then come to a discussion group with me. Uh, that in that case is a is a great example of just because this person you're dating has been polyamorous before they met you doesn't mean that they know everything about it. It doesn't mean that they do everything about it perfectly. It just means it's something they've decided they want to keep pursuing, right? It's like imagining that you start dating someone in your monogamous life and assuming that everything that they say about how dating should go is the way that it goes, right? That that would be an absurd thing to think. But I think people will often do this with, with polyamory. I've definitely dated people who are new to it where they ask me a lot of questions as if I have the definitive answer to it, as if there's kind of a one set way that works. Um, and the truth is there's not. And I'm always learning and that's what we talk about on this show. Mm-hmm. And then finally, if I can bring it home here. Do it. Our last one is... If you're going to an event that has drinking at it and you are someone who drinks alcohol, just keep it to a minimum. Um, if you need to find a way to kind of measure that to keep yourself to a minimum, do it. Don't just trust that you're not going to drink too much. Um, and I understand drinking can help with social lubrication, can make you less anxious to talk to people. I get it. I definitely that if I'm going to be in a social situation, I would like to be drinking. That definitely helps me deal with it. Um, But I've seen so many people, so many good friends of mine who will be at some kind of an event. They'll have a couple drinks early in the night and they'll be getting along great. And they're like, wow, this event is awesome. People are really liking me. I've connected with all these people. This person asked me to go do this event that they do with this other social group, all this stuff. And then another couple hours of the event go by and they end up drinking too much, either becoming too pushy or just being a little too sloppy or too loud or too vulgar or like something. And then later in that week is the awkward, like I, the other person comes up with this excuse to like uninvite them to the event that they asked them to come to. No, like literally this is, true story that I've seen many times. This isn't just like a one-off story. Uh, So just, you know, especially when you feel like I'm doing great, don't celebrate that with more drinks. (laughs) Just, (laughs) just, you know, keep it, keep it to a minimum. And that's, yeah, that's my, that's my story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know. I do think they cover that in actual finishing school, but how much a lady is supposed to drink. 
God, <sighs> I don't know. But that's probably. because that feels like something that they would cover to make sure that you're like not a sloppy lady, you know? Yeah, that's probably a very specific number and over timing and a Maybe. way and a way that you take sips to take sips the least so that amount it's tiny, of like yeah, yeah a tiny sip yeah probably right. something like that yeah you know what yeah. actually i bet it's something along the lines of like always keeping your glass you know three quarters of the way full mm. of like drink it to there but then just like have it with you but don't right. drink more right, of it don't right ever, like, don't ever don't ever finish it don't ever down it maybe that's yeah. yeah, or just never finish it at all. Never because, finish it. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, so that was great. We got through finishing school. We're so fancy now, and we're ready to get a husband. Oh my gosh! Yes, Sorry. I feel like that's the the metaphor doesn't work perfectly. Um, I just but, I just feel like I do need to acknowledge that we are aware of the various like sexist and disempowering origins of finishing schools. Certainly, yes. I was <laughs> I was just reading a book by Emily Post recently and it was actually kind of horrifying some of the stuff in that book so mm. but uh hopefully you were able to take this all in good fun like we were and got some good tips out of this and we look forward to hearing about your experiences that you had at these meetups and um, your introduction to the polyamory community or things that you're like oh my gosh yes i wish i had known that i'm gonna send this to all of my friends who are new to polyamory so if you would like to have your question or your comment played on the show, you can call 678-M-U-L-T-I-05. You can leave us a voicemail there, or you can send us an audio message at the Multiamory Facebook page. You can also email us at info at multiamory.com, or you can send us a message on Twitter, on Facebook, or on Instagram. To support our show and to join our private Facebook community, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. The full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. <laughs>